Slava, Slava Novika, glory be to Jesus Christ, glory be forever. I hope everyone's doing well this day, this um, uh, Wednesday of the first week of September. And um, of course, kids are back in school, people back at work, holidays are over, and everyone is doing their work now. And I'm going to continue talking about uh, this book, Light for Life, The Mystery Lived, God With Us Publications. And this topic is called Transfigured by the Indwelling Spirit. According to St. Athanasius, the purpose of Christ's coming was that we might receive the Holy Spirit to deify us. The Son has given us the first fruits of the Spirit, so that we may be transformed into sons of God, according to the image of the Son of God. It is only through the indwelling of the Spirit in the Church that we have the personal possibility of recovering the likeness. In the icon of the Pentecost, we see the Spirit coming upon the Church in the person of the Apostles. Below, the cosmos stands as a shriveled figure, paralyzed, grown old, reaching out to receive the Spirit's life passed on to us. The creation does not come alive until it receives the life of the Spirit, and this only comes through us. We are not fully alive or human until we receive the life of the Spirit. A light bulb is not fulfilling its purpose unless it is connected to our power source and the electricity courses through it. A stained glass window is not all it is meant to be until sunlight is pouring through it. While the electricity and sunlight are not part of the bulb or the window, these things are not complete until the light or power actually do pass through and fill them. Unless our spirit is united to the spirit of God, we do not have the life that enables us to recover the likeness. By uniting ourselves to Christ in the mysteries of Christian initiation, we are put back on track. We are born again as adopted children of the Father, fulfilling his plan for us. From Galatians we read, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to ransom those under the law, so that we might receive adoption. As proof that you are children, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Everything we do as Christians depends on this fact. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, restoring the divine likeness and making us share the divine nature. This is why we strive to live a moral life, not because there are laws that must be obeyed, but because we ourselves are temples of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. <coughs> we are set apart, made holy, and we do not use holy things for unworthy purposes. We are set apart because we are being transfigured after the likeness of God by the Spirit. God gives us His Spirit, but the Spirit does not overpower our spirit, making us robots. Rather, the Holy Spirit gently moves, invites cooperation. This is synergy, a dialogue of life with God. Because we are in the image of God, 
we have the capacity to progress in holiness, a potential for theosis. Because we possess the Holy Spirit, we have the immediate possibility of being recreated in the likeness of God. But we must use our freedom to say yes to what God is doing, to cooperate. In this, we are like a person <coughs> who has a natural aptitude for teaching, the image. They're licensed by the state, so he has the possibility of getting a teaching job, the indwelling spirit. But he still has to go out and do the work. Or we could use the example of physical life. We contributed nothing to being born, but once alive, we must take responsibility to stay alive. It is the same in our Christian spirituality. We cannot regenerate ourselves, but once we are born again, we are not pushed along. We must do our part. From Ephesians we read, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this, and this is not from you, it is the gift from God. It is not from works, so no one may boast. For we are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance, that we should live in them. Thus, our spirituality is really a process of growth, as we are made like God. It is a lifetime journey and it involves our whole life. It begins at baptism and is not finished until death and beyond. In the life of Moses, St. Gregory of Nyssa compared the spiritual life to the Exodus. Our baptism is the start of the journey, like the crossing of the Red Sea. We enter a new life, only vaguely aware of where it will lead. We spend 40 years in the desert, our life in the world. Our, we struggle on, advance, fall back, rest and go on. But God makes his presence felt in the pillar of fire, such as the Holy Mysteries, and in the crowd, the Holy Tradition. In death, we reach the Promised Land, crossing the Jordan and entering the age to come. At the resurrection will come the final transformation. We will be transfigured totally, body, soul, and spirit, into the likeness of God. In our Byzantine calendar, there is one great feast falling toward the end of the church year, which gives us the image of this reality and actually celebrates it. That is August 6th, the Transfiguration of Christ. The icon of the feast graphically expresses the Gospel account. Christ is the center of the Old Testament, represented by Moses and Elijah, and the New Testament, represented by the chief apostles. He is at the very center of God's dealings with us. His transfiguration in our nature is a preview of our own. It is a, as though the Father is repeating the insight given in the account of the burning bush. In both cases, he is trying to show what his idea of our relationship with him should be, the purpose or goal of religion. On this feast, we bless grapes as a real tangible sign of theosis. Grapes are the result of a long transformation from the seed to the vine to the grape clusters. But further growth is also possible. The grapes can be transformed into wine, and by the power of the Holy Spirit sent from the Father, this wine can be transfigured by divinity and become the, the blood of Christ our God. This, thus, it transforms us. We are the same. 
we mature mentally, emotionally, physically in ordinary life, but we can go even further. We can be set apart in Christ, born again through the Holy Mysteries. And we can mature in the new life through our work of prayer and keeping the commandments of Christ. Living this life will lead us to deification, the complete fulfillment of our nature as offspring of the Father. An apt image of this transfiguration given by God himself is the burning bush on Mount Sinai. An ordinary weed is gloriously transfigured and made beautiful by the fire of God's presence in it. It remains a weed. It does not become a rose bush, and it is not destroyed but penetrated and glorified. In the same way, our life in Christ is meant to transfigure us. We are to radiate the divine nature in which God chooses to give us a share. Wow. So that was very, very interesting how we are transfigured by the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit takes who we are and helps us to become who God wants us to be. And that is the, the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That is the power that God has given the Holy Spirit to give us that transformation, that transformation into holy people, into people uh, who uh, are going to be um, divinized, who, who are going to be uh, with God forever. And, and this, is, this is the whole um, purpose of our faith, of the whole purpose of the church, to help us uh, in that transformation, in that transformation to become the people God wants us to be. So, again, um, we have to work towards it. It's not just uh, that, you know, we, we think that God just gives us something and it, it just magically we become who God wants us to be. No, we still have to work hard at avoiding sin and of uh, um, doing what God wants in this world. So we have to use the Holy Spirit in our lives to make the right decisions, to make the decisions pleasing to God so that we can be transformed into the holy people God wants us to be. Okay? So that's pretty much all I wanted to say today. God bless you. Have a good day.